and we are live. The third edition of the NAIA Ball Podcast. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. I'm your host, Robbie Gutierrez, here from West Palm Beach. Joining me, as always, via Skype is the man, the myth, the legend behind the NAIA Ball account. Cody, man, how's it going on this day? I'm doing wonderful, Robbie. Thrilled to be spending my Valentine's Day with you talking some NAIA baseball. I wouldn't want to have it any other way. We've been talking a lot of NAIA baseball recently. Of course, we had our second show on Sunday, kind of a week in review. A lot of good series happened then. A lot of series affected by the weather. And coming into this week, a lot of the same. Teams switching opponents, teams not making trips, weather hampering things. Has there been any of that so far that you've really noticed? Has anything caught your eye? Yeah, there's been some good changes so far. Brian and Indiana Wesleyan had to cancel theirs. Brian picked up a midweek against Midway on Thursday. And Clark is going to have to now play Madonna up in Michigan, which is a really good matchup. So Clark ended up being able to find a really good series this weekend up north. No, definitely some good switches there. At least teams, you know, we talked about it last week, are being able to get those series in, being able to play some baseball, and being able to make things happen. Let's get going with some midweek matchups. And you had an important one to start things out. Yeah, absolutely. Today, number 19, Indiana Southeast went on the road and beat the Cross League's favorite, Taylor, 11-3. to Put it on them on the road. Big win for IU Southeast. They're rolling to start the season. A huge win for IU Southeast. Quick shout-out there to my guy, Rainey Olivero. Uh, IU Southeast with a big win. Of course, their season just fell short of the NAI World Series. Taylor, a team that showed some promise to start the season, defeated number 10, Kaiser University. So it will be interesting to see how Taylor bounces back, and will be interesting to see how IU Southeast continues their season. Keeping things rolling here, Faulkner and LSUA, a great midweek matchup. Faulkner swept both of those, 5 nothing and 11-10 in game number two. Yeah, Tyler Thornton and Brandon Suttles combined for a two-hitter in the first game, really shut them down pitching-wise. Game two was the opposite, 11-10, to 10, 10 errors in the game, 6 for Faulkner. A little uncharacteristic. I will say that the field was not the best, so they were playing in some pretty weird conditions there. Yeah, Definitely interesting to see. I know we were all keeping an eye on that second game as it came down to the wire, but Faulkner pulling it out 11-10. to 10. Another midweek matchup down in Miami Gardens, Florida. The Bobcats continue to roll. St. Thomas University defeats NCAA Division II. Nova Southeastern, and this is a Nova team that just two years ago was national champion, a big-time win in a big-time home game for St. Thomas University by a score of 9-4. to A big win for the Bobcats, 13 hits, 6 doubles. I mean, they really pounded them out there. Impressive win, looks good for the NAIA. Keeping it in NAIA versus D2 matchups, William Jessup and Cal State University East Bay. William Jessup blasts six home runs yesterday to defeat CSU East Bay by a score of 12-9. The Warriors keep on rolling. Yeah, they've hit 31 home runs in 17 games now. Their offense is really clicking. And it's, it you know, that big-time debate about NAIA and Division II baseball, and you've seen... A couple of NAI teams go head-to-head this season with some good D2 teams. And St. Thomas beating Nova is a huge win considering, you know, they're just two years removed from a national title. 
it keeps that debate lively. I know there's some really good uh, D2 baseball down here in Florida. You've got Lynn University. You've got Nova Southeastern. And in the last couple of years, St. Thomas University, Kaiser University, they've really taken those teams on and have been able to defeat some good D2 teams. Have any other teams from around the nation, have you noticed anything? Yeah, Hope International, the number eight team in the NAIA, defeated UC San Diego. They actually made it to the national championship game last year in D2. I mean, the NAIA is rolling right now. Hey, that's important because that's a UC San Diego team. I don't know if you know this. That's a UC San Diego team that's going to be joining the Big West next year. They're going to be eligible for NCAA Division One competition in 2020. So that UC San Diego team next year is going to start playing Long Beach State, Cal State Fullerton, you know, uh, UC Irving, all your big schools out there in the Big West in South Florida, or excuse me, in South California, are going to be playing UC San Diego. So that is a huge win for Hope International. Second year in a row, Hope International also beat them last year in a preseason game. Yeah, so they kind of have their numbers. Pretty good series for them. Yo, big time for Hope International. And moving on now to some major scorage. Mobile, man, tell us about that. Mobile scored 30 runs today in the game against Selma. Beat them 30-2. to Capped off a 16-run inning in the fourth. This highlights a Valentine's Day beating last year of 27 to nothing. Jeez. Uh, now, you may not have this. How many times did they hit around in the fourth inning? The 16 runs is insane. I cannot count that high, Robbie. I was not a math guy. I'm sure it was a lot. That's all right. Me, neither you nor I are math guys. You can talk to any of my coaches, uh, Jeremy Kennedy, Robert Garza. They will vouch for me on that. But even though we're neither of us are math guys, we're going to move on now to some statistics. In a new segment, we are doing the top statistical players in the nation. We're going to get things kicked off with batting average, a minimum of 20 at-bats. And your national leader is Nick Batari out of Southeastern University, hitting 576. William Jessup's Joseph Starrick hitting 568 in second. Kaiser University's Peter Crescido, the Miami transfer, hitting 538. And Mid American Christian's Luis Sanchez hitting 535. You know, Luis Sanchez hit the game winning home run yesterday over number five Oklahoma Wesleyan. That was a big win for Mid American Christian. They ended up winning the game 6-1, to one, added a two-run home run in the eighth. You know, they, honestly, they outplayed Oklahoma Wesleyan in the game. They were the better team that day, and they got the W. A huge upset for Mackey, Mid-American Christian, making some great strides, and the big upset over Oklahoma Wesleyan. We will move on now to runs scored, and a couple of William Jessup players lead the nation. William Law has 23. Austin Swift has 21. Then Nate Kelly out of Oklahoma Panhandle State with 19, and Dylan Fontenot out of McPherson with 17. You know, it's good to see the Aggie on the board. Oklahoma Panhandle State in their first year already got a player in Nate Kelly leading the nation in some categories. Move on to a big one in hits. Austin Swift leads the nation in hits. The player out of William Jessup with 26. Josh Kalstrom out of Oregon Tech with 25. Austin Savayala out of Oregon Tech as well with 25, and Preston White out of the Masters with 23, so a lot of Western players there. Absolutely. Preston White's a dual-threat guy, can pitch a little, hit a little. He's a really good player to look out for this season. The long ball. Chicks dig the long ball, and Austin Swift out of William Jessup is tied with William Law, his teammate, both of them with six. After that, 
Dakota Phillips out of Tennessee Wesleyan has four. Terry Panner out of Vanguard with four. Josh Kalstrom out of Oregon Tech with four. Chase Goldwater, Harris Stowe State with four. And Steve Pastora with William Jessup also with four. Starting to notice a trend here. William Jessup is pretty good at offense. Yeah, they can they can swing it a little bit. Stolen bases, no surprise here at the top. Marcus McCorkle with 12. Then Micah Hurd out of Blue Mountain with 11. Cole Parks out of Warner with 11. T.J. Riles out of Faulkner with 10. And a, missed it at the top. Marcus McCorkle, that's just a name I'm used to seeing uh, from the last couple years. But Marcus McCorkle out of Georgia Gwinnett leads the nation in stolen bases with 12. Got a lot of good guys on that list, a lot of fast guys on that list. Innings pitch, Jordan Drybulbis leads the nation. 31 innings pitch, that player out of Vanguard. Doug Malzahn, 26 and a third innings pitch out of Oregon Tech. Ashkan Kalua, 25 and two-thirds innings pitch out of William Jessup. Brandon Barnes with 24 and two-thirds out of Benedictine Mesa. Drybulbis is an animal. Went nine innings, nine innings, eight innings in his last three starts. I mean, he pitches quickly, pitches to contact. He's a guy everyone likes to work behind. I also hope that's the hardest name I've got to say the rest of the day. Strikeouts here, Ashcon Kalua, 32 for William Jessup. Jerry Kamada with 26 for Vanguard. Casey Portoreal with 25 for Mid-American Christian. I lied, that's probably the hardest name. And Justin Bruce out of Menlo with 24. I concur, that is a very hard name. I toss that one to you, Robbie. We move on to ERA, Christian Rivera out of Flomo, 20 scoreless innings, no ERA. Jared Cruz, 16 scoreless innings out of Middle Georgia State. Tori Escamilla, 14 scoreless innings out of Midland. Braxton Rhodes, 14 scoreless innings with Mobile. Steven Yancey, 13 scoreless innings with Texas Wesleyan. Bryce Milligan, 13 scoreless innings for OCU. Bryce Milligan took over as the OCU number one after Matt Young went down. He's been phenomenal in his couple of starts this season. Dude is pitching really well right now. And as far as saves go, Anthony Torres out of Warner leads with four saves. Eric Lucero out of La Sierra with four saves. Hebert Romero out of Southeastern with three saves. Tyler Fujimoto with William Jessup, three saves. And David Torres with Blue Mountain, three saves. Romero is a player to look out for this year. That dude can bring the heat down there at Southeastern. They don't play this week, but I just wanted to say it anyway. Shout out to IU Kokomo, the best name in the game. Well, let's take a look now at series from around the nation. A three-team tangle in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Number six, William Carey will host number 20, Campbellsville, and number 25, Weber International. Each team will play each other twice. This is a really good setup here. All teams are ranked. William Carey's number six. Campbellville's twenty. Weber's twenty fifth. Weber's coming into this two and seven, but I will give Weber some slack. They've played Georgia Gwinnett and Southeastern, so they have played two of the best teams in the country, and they're going to have to go at it again with Campbellsville and William Carey this weekend. All right, now running through these really quickly before we get to another big invitational. Number five, Oklahoma Wesleyan will be at Sterling. Uh, they tried to hijack our Twitter poll voting earlier this week. Division 2 Davenport will be at number 6 Missouri Baptist. All right, Cody, do I still have this correct? Clark, are they still playing Lion? 
No, Clark is heading up north to Michigan to play Madonna. Madonna will open their season against the number 17 Crusaders. That'll be a great series. St. Xavier at IU Southeastern. And then Kansas Wesleyan at McPherson. All those still good to go, correct? They're all good to go to my knowledge. You never know with the weather. It could change any day. You never know. I wanted to make sure after after uh, fig- finding out once again that Clark and Lyon no longer happening, Clark now headed up north to Madonna. A big one getting ready to happen, though, in Joplin, Missouri. The Joplin Invitational will list all the teams headed down there now. Graceland, Northwestern, Columbia, Midland, Culver Stockton, Viterbo, William Woods, William Penn, Doan, Grandview, Robert Morris, Mount Marty, Peru State, Mid-America Nazarene, Benedictine, and Waldorf. Out of all those teams, what sticks out to you? Well, it'll be fun to see Midland and Columbia. Midland's got a really, really, really good pitcher in Torres Escamilla. Andrew Warner out of Columbia hit 478 last year, led the country. I'm even excited to see Grandview. they got a preseason All-American, Austin Marchant. Dude pitched 26 inning last year, didn't give up a run. Wow, that'll be definitely interesting to watch, and a lot of NAI baseball happening down in Joplin, so definitely going to be a great invitational there. Moving on to our Twitter series of the week, our winner with over 600 votes, 44% of the vote was number 18, Uno, Northwestern Ohio, at Faulkner. Yeah, we got a big one, a four-game series. They're going to play two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Faulkner's 8-0, Northwestern's 9-3. It's going to be a really good series, probably two of the most talented teams in the entire country. Do any players stick out for you? Yeah, Faulkner's got several. Austin Paskey, TJ Riles, Israel Fuentes. I mean, they got a really a lot of good players. Reed Long. I mean, Northwestern Ohio has Eric Gonzalez, Junior Gomez, Kyle Fisher. I mean, this is just there's a loaded matchup. Yeah, it's going to be a really good one. Uh, for me on Coach McCarthy's squad, uh, Roosburg Estrada really impressed me the other night against LSUA. He had that big home run in the eighth inning to really get things back under control for Faulkner. But on the other side in Coach Hartman's squad for Uno, Eric Gonzalez is hitting 413, 19 hits, one home run, and 14 RBIs. I think this is by far Twitter made the right decision. This is the series of the week. This is the one that when I'm not uh, watching baseball this week, actually at the ballpark this weekend, this is the one I'm going to watch. I believe it is now a Saturday-Sunday series. It is. Two on Saturday, two on Sunday. Faulkner has a really good video broadcast. It's free. They do it through YouTube. I mean, I love the setup. I'm looking forward to seeing it. It's going to be a really good series. Absolutely. It's going to be fantastic. I'm definitely excited to get watching here we move on to our personal picks, our big series of the week. I've got the first one, number eight, Hope International at number fourteen, the Masters. Hope International comes into this nine and six, three and three in the GSAC. They're coming off of a huge loss to the University of British Columbia, thirteen to four. They have not got going at the plate yet, hitting just two fifty one. But I'm looking for Brandon Gonzalez hitting three forty nine. He's got 14 runs on the year, 15 hits on the year, two homers, 11 RBIs, and he's stolen eight bags. Also, right-handed pitcher Kyle Carpenter. He's 1-1 one one with a 1-3-5 ERA in 13 and a third innings pitched. In the other dugout, the Masters, 
They are 9-4, and 4-2 four, four and two in the Golden State Athletic Conference. Preston White, that's the name to remember, not just out west, not just in the GSAC, but around the nation. Preston White, 469, eight doubles, two home runs, 12 RBIs, and even more impressive, three saves on the year. Preston White's a really, really good baseball player. I believe he's a D3 transfer, and he's going to make a name for himself here in the NAIA. Now, you've got Indiana Tech and Tennessee Wesley, and what stands out to you there? Well, I'm looking forward to this series. I will note that it moved. It was supposed to be a home series for Tennessee Wesley, and they moved it up to Indiana. It's not at Indiana Tech. It's in Westfield. It's kind of a neutral side, if you will. And I'm looking forward, man. Both of these teams, Tennessee Wesley has dropped two of their last three, one to Talladega today, dropped one the other day to Auburn Montgomery. Indiana Tech's coming off a sweep at Georgia Gwinnett. They got swept. I mean, they really want to get it rolling. Tennessee Wesleyan's 4-4, four and four, Indiana Tech's 5-4. and four. These aren't 500 caliber programs. They really need to you know, get some wins under their belt. I think that'll be a great series down in Athens, Tennessee, between Indiana Tech and Tennessee Wesleyan. I've got the next one, number 9, Bellevue at number 16, Tabor. This one happening in Kansas. These are two teams that have started out kind of slow. Tabor's 4-4. Four and four. The guy to watch there, Brandon White Knight, ERA below 1, 0.73, 12 and a third innings pitch. He's even up only three hits all season, but his defense has let him down a little bit. Five runs, only one earned. So while guys have gotten on base, you know, he's, he's only given up three hits this year. That's mighty impressive and definitely something to keep your eye on in this series in Brandon White Knight, the pitcher. For Bellevue, 1-2 to start the season. They do have a very impressive bounce-back victory over OCU, but losses to OCU and Texas College. Dylan Thorpe is going to be the guy to watch there. A 1-6-9 ERA despite the 0-1 record. He's got the most innings pitch on that squad. It's been very spread out so far this season. Five and a third innings pitch, 10 strikeouts for him. So I'm definitely looking forward to this one out in Kansas. Bellevue, still no home games on the season yet, so it'll be interesting to see how these two teams do. And Tabor has also been on the road most of this year as well. It's a good matchup. It's a doubleheader. It's a two-game series. You know, see whoever takes the winner. Maybe a good split. And moving on to our final big series of the week. The number one team in the nation already qualified for the NAI World Series. Lewis Clark State is taking on their first NAI opponent of the season. They will be at receiving votes, Antelope Valley. At number one, Lewis Clark State comes in at 6-0. and They swept Concordia and Central Washington. And the competition level is about to step up for them. They're hitting 284, but they come in with a 1.0 ERA. Lewis Clark State can always pitch. And when it comes down to it in the World Series, they can always hit. I rag on Lewis Clark State more than anyone. I hate the auto bid process more than anyone. But they are a really, really, really good baseball team. I mean, I've, I want everyone to be on the record. They know that uh, they are a really good baseball team. So they're going to come into this matchup against Antelope Valley, who made the opening round last year, who's 7-4 and four on the year, already has a series win over Vanguard. This is a really good matchup. Antelope Valley has a Golden Spikes watch list player named Tyler Pittman. Hit over 400 last year, 9 triples, 10 home runs. The dude is a stud. I mean, he's just one of the best players in the entire country. And I definitely wanted to give Tyler Pittman and Chris, and Chris Tappy of Oklahoma Wesley in the shout-out for being on the watch list. 
Now, two NAI players on the USA Baseball Golden Spikes watch list this season. It's like the Heisman Trophy of college baseball, but instead of it only going or being at the D1 level, it is across all levels, including high school ball. Nobody last year in the NAI, I believe, but back two years ago, Caven Burgess was on the watch list as well out of Kaiser University. Burgess was one of the better players I've ever seen in the NAI and could really pitch it, could really hit it. It was just incredibly talented. One of my favorite guys to be around, a great dude and a great competitor. One thing we want to mention before we close out here, and we want to send you know our thoughts, and we want to you know send our well wishes to Oregon Tech head coach Matt Miles. He's battling stage four brain cancer. Coach, keep fighting. You got this. You know uh, I liked your quote earlier. I'm, I'm going to steal your quote. Uh, Live life like a three-one count. Yeah, I really do want to, you know, wish my well-beings with him and his family. I remember seeing the story. I started up this NAI account last year. I saw the story. It was heartbroken for him, and I'm glad to see that he's doing well and back to coaching his team. And we're all praying for you, and we all hope the best for you. Definitely hope nothing but the best there. Um, you know, we definitely want to see you continue to do great things over at Oregon Tech. So that'll do it for us here. A big week ahead. Cody, any final thoughts? I'm looking forward to seeing some teams play this weekend. Really, like I'm looking forward to see Judson open up. They're scheduled to play Georgetown. Not sure if that's going to come through or not, but that's a series I'm looking at. I'm excited that Madonna and Clark are actually going to play now. That's a really good, just for Madonna to get their feet wet against a really good program because Madonna's always a really good scrappy team. So, and I also want to give Free Hardman a shout out because they did sweep Martin Methodist yesterday. And uh, they swept the doubleheader 8-3, to 8-3. to three. So they took those two games, and I wanted to make sure I mentioned that. want to give a quick shout-out to Talladega. They beat Tennessee Wesleyan, a very impressive win for them. I definitely believe Tennessee Wesleyan, good opportunity to bounce back this weekend against Indiana Tech. Uno Faulkner, definitely be keeping an eye on that. Hope International, the Masters as well for a little later in the day baseball. I will be out here in South Florida uh, catching a couple ball games, so definitely looking forward to that. But folks, until next time, this has been Episode 3 of the NAI Ball Podcast. We'll see you for Episode 4 next Thursday.